Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Welcome back to One Leg Up with Alex Garrett. And we're going to have a leg up with... Kevin D. Miller, uh, author Miller. You know, it's been a while. Great to have you back. Oh, it's great being back, Alex, man. I always love talking to you. And, yeah, it's been a little while since we last chatted, so um, I'm really looking forward to uh, the conversation today. You you delve into the Native American roots. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But I got to say, for those who don't know who Kevin Miller is, first of all, you got to follow him on Twitter. Secondly, we met over like a Thanksgiving week because your your book was pitched as something to talk about at the Thanksgiving dinner table because it's not good to keep secrets and your grandfather had quite the secret, right? But, um, you know, th- that's where we kicked it off just for reference here. Yeah, no, that's where we kicked it off. It was a pretty shocking secret to find out that your last your last name is not your real last name, you know, and even your father didn't know that. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty uh, striking to find these old newspaper articles from 1920 and find out that my last name is really Puhalski and not Miller. And more shocking, the reason why my grandfather changed our name in 1920, you know, to, to hide a, a dark family secret, a tragic family secret where my great grandfather was murdered, you know, so it was kind of a mystery there and it took a lot of research to kind of figure stuff out. And, and once we got it all figured out, um, I wrote the book Heart of Steel based on a true story. Um, you know, based on my family's history and this shocking uh, secret that just kind of came out of nowhere. And now, and now, by the way, you can be followed at Heart of Steel Bow One B O One, uh, in honor of Heart of Steel. And now you've delved into the Native American roots. But obviously, as a Jamestown, Ohio native, wouldn't your grandfather have rushed to the scene of this toxic waste situation deal? You know, they're dealing with in Ohio. Right now, I feel like he would have been on the scene uh, as heroic as he was. Yeah, I, he's really that kind of a man, and and that would not surprise me one one bit. And and yes, I would say he would be right there, um, you know, helping helping everybody out, doing everything he can, and being a good neighbor, you know, and a good friend. That's the kind of person he was, you know. I mean, he was only twelve, thirteen years old when this tragedy happened to him, and and he had to just kind of grow up and be a man quickly and, and, and take over, you know, the care of his family. So yeah, he's that type of man. He would be right there, you know, pitching in and helping and doing anything he could to, you know, to help, help his neighbors and help, help the folks in that uh, tragic situation. And for those who are just hearing about this book for the first time, uh, where can people find it? Is it, it's still sellable on Amazon and, and buyable there, oh, I should yeah. say, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can find it on Amazon.com. It's Heart of Steel book uh, based on a true story by Kevin D. Miller. Um, you can also find that link, uh, the link to all my books, on my website, which is authorkevinmiller.com. That's authorkevinmiller.com. I've got all my links to all all four of my books that I currently have out. I'm working on the fifth one. Um, but, yeah, you can find it there, or you can just um, Google it. You can probably find it that way as well. 
Well, and I know that, you know, one of the reasons I have you back is because you've updated your portfolio, if you will, as an author. And you're also, a, you know, a member of the military, a veteran, and now you've gone into writing. So mm-hmm. why have you continued into the Native American roots with Tacoma? Now, not Tacoma, Washington, T-A-Q-U-O-M-A. Why did you continue off uh, your other Native American works into Tacoma? Uh, yeah, that's interesting, um, Alex. The name Tacoma is a, is a Native American name for Mount Rainier in Washington State, and and actually there's a, there's a movement to to rename Mount Rainier uh, Tacoma, and obviously it's where the city Tacoma's name comes from derives from. But I thought it was appropriate for this. That's my latest book, Tacoma. And I thought it appropriate to name it that because that's where the story begins. It begins on Mount Rainier in Washington. The protagonist is, um, you know, a young volcanologist that's doing her dissertation uh, research to get her doctorate in volcanology. She's a Yellowstone expert. And uh, that's where we find her. That's where the story opens up is, is she's taking readings, uh, you know, on the mount, on the side of Mount Rainier. And and I know that it's become like a fast seller, hasn't it? It's it's been a successful one so far. Yeah, no, it's doing real, real, real well. Um, uh, selling really good. Selling a lot of a lot of the eBooks and, and the paperbacks, which is the two versions we have. I have it available in right now. But uh, I've got it submitted to a lot of uh, book awards, and and just kind of waiting to hear back and seeing how it does there. It got a five star review on Reader's Favorite recently. Um, so yeah, and everybody that's read it so far just, just loves the story. I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. You know, like I said, it starts out on the side of Mount Rainier with this young volcanologist who a NASA team, a USGS team comes and kind of, kind of kidnaps her off the side of the mountain because they've got a bigger problem than Mount Rainier uh, in Yellowstone. So she gets kind of swooped up into that, but she also gets swooped up into the politics of this, uh, big NASA program to figure out how to, to, to deal with the Yellowstone problem. You know, they're thinking of drilling, um, kind of fracking and drilling and pumping cold water into the, uh, next to the caldera to try to cool it down. And in the process, take the, you know, the thermal energy, the steam, you know, which wouldn't be very profitable as well. But she kind of gets mixed up in that, the politics of that. And she's the kind of the voice saying, warning, saying, hey, you know, if you guys hit one of these fractures, you know, in here, you can set this thing off, you know, instead of cooling it down, you can set it off. And here's the interesting thing, Alex. When I wrote this book, I was I was thinking in my head, how could you do that? I tried to figure this out and I really pieced that together, how you could cool this thing down and all that stuff. And during my research, I found out there really is a, a program, a $3.5 billion program by NASA to do exactly that. So I was really kind of proud of myself, you know, and coming up with that and reading through, you know, their specs and how they would do it kind of filled in some blanks for me as well. Well, you know, this is a real life situation Mm -hmm. because Yellowstone has been showing signs of eruption and it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. you wrote this in that time. I don't know if that inspired you, but Mm -hmm. I believe the National Park has been closed a couple of times now because they've Mm -hmm. been worried about it's erupting, haven't they? Yeah, they absolutely have. I mean, the the ground rises, which is not uncommon. The ground does rise, you know, as the magma kind of pushes up, you know, and they, they have satellites that keep track of this stuff and they have, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the universities keep track of, of earthquakes that are going 
you know, that, that show up all the time. There's earthquakes every day, but some, but some of the bigger ones that are showing. So the patterns and stuff are kind of disturbing, kind of alarming. And that's kind of what my character, Yara Del Rey, you know, tries to tell this team of scientists. It's like, hey, you know, you know, this stuff, you know, some of this stuff is normal, but yeah, this, this other stuff's kind of alarming, you know, and you, we got to be careful here what we do, because if this thing blows, it's a super volcano. A caldera is a super volcano, and it would decimate the United States, it would, it would, you know, put us in a, in a, uh, a winter for years around the world with all the, you know, the ash and, and, uh, salt, you know, sulfur dioxide, everything that it would, that it would spew out, you know, sulfur dioxide reflects, uh, sunlight. So it would cool everything down, um, which would just kill crops and people would start, it would be catastrophic. And that's kind of what the, one of the points of the book is, is is we really need to take care of Mother Earth, you know, because Mother Earth could could wipe us out, you know, in an instant. Um, so the story also too is is, is uh, what would happen if all the volcanoes in the world went off at once? You know, what what would happen there? Would we survive that? Well, if you want to find out, you know, order the book and and and, and look through it because I kind of wrote it with that in mind, you know, the the story and and the story is also about a mother. Because when when this thing finally goes off, you know she's in Yellowstone and her da- her six year old daughter's in Tacoma, Washington. Now now the the story really begins and takes off at a, at a fast pace because she's got to go back to Tacoma to rescue her daughter somehow in this new world, you know, this new unrecognizable world. So she she sets out to do that. So it's a story about the strength of a mother or any parent. Yeah, uh, it's a strength of love. It's a strength of of a family, you know, having to just begin again, new beginnings and stuff. So, and, well, and a message. Men- um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I'm 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 glad you mentioned that because you are a parent of two actresses. But you know, I know that as a parent, it sounds like you're writing your own fears into this of of putting your own daughters into this world, oh, right? Yeah. There's there's a real oh, fear here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, every, every story I write, I mean, it's, it's comes from personal experiences and, and, and I, I pull from my own daughters and my own family. I mean, you know, a lot of these characters, you know, have the characteristics of, of, you know, people I know and love, you know, and uh, I learn from them and I, and I Im- implement that, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the, the great, the huge fear of what would, what, what would happen if this really happened, you know, and I was a thousand miles away from my child, you know, how do I get back there to rescue her? What do I do? Um, so it's, it's a, it's a harrowing journey that she takes. Um, and she gets the help of a, of an ex Navy pilot, uh, that, uh, has his own flight school. He has aircraft and, and weather balloons. And, and, I mean, uh, racing balloons. And, and she kind of gets his help to kind of, she wants to go look, you know, check out Yellowstone from the balloon. And that's when the inciting incident happens and it goes off and they're, they're hurled together on this journey. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot there. I mean, there's, there's romance in it. There's a little bit of everything in this, in this book and this story. So I think it would be a good story for really any reader in any genre. Well, you know what's interesting is that you've actually written, you've gone from real real reality, you know, like a real-life story mm-hmm. of your grandfather, to this yeah. fictional world. Is there a pivot that you have to make, or is there so, because you have that real-life experience, you're putting reality into these fictional stories, so it's not a, a you mm-hmm. know, not a difficult transition, if you will, from the real real-life story to fiction, yeah. if you will. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's really really any transition, um, Alex, because it's it's um, you know, it's 
I, I do so much research. You know, I did a, a ton of research on this book. Every book I write, I do a ton of research because I want to be completely accurate with what I'm what I'm writing down. You know, so it's kind of a little educational to it at the same time. But that makes it realistic. It's like because this is kind of speculative fiction in a way, too, because it's like this could happen. You know, this this is stuff that it's not far fetched. I mean, it could happen. And I'm just bringing it to life to say if it happens, this is how I see, you know, things would go based on the research that I've done. So I think it'd be a, a, a very interesting story for anybody to read. And I'd be glad to send you a copy, too. You know, you can check it out. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know I will. <laughs> I know, and I, I definitely enjoyed reading about Stan Pawlowski's journey, and I know I'm going to enjoy reading mm-hmm. about not only uh, Tacoma, Tacoma, but also White Skies mm-hmm. Black Mingo, which was your first real delving into Native American roots, because I believe that was based yeah. on your family, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The second, my second novel um, is historical fiction, but it was inspired uh, by my great great grandmother, who was Ohio uh, Seneca. They, they they had a kind of derogatory term for them uh, called a mingo, which which meant fierce, you know, really f- the fierceness of their warriors. But it's part of the Haudenosaunee Nation, which we more commonly know as the Iroquois. Um, Haudenosaunee is the, is what they really want to be referred to, not not the Iroquois. But um, but yeah, I, I saw that she it was a it's during the Civil War and she married my great great grandfather who was a son of Irish immigrants you know and, and to me I was kind of thinking well my my wife is Hispanic and she has a lot of Native American in her you know I I'm Irish I'm you know mo- mostly a, a white man you know with with some you know Native roots like that but but I'm thinking it's a mixed marriage. In 1865, they wouldn't even be legally allowed to marry. You know, what a great love story. What a great challenge that would be, you know, just 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 thinking about that. So that kind of inspired the story for me. So the story is is really about a coming of age for a young girl. We, we start we meet her when she's 12 years old. She's fleeing with her grand her shaman grandmother and her mother from an epidemic of smallpox. And she ends up orphaned and alone in the wilderness. And she just goes through her life, goes through so many things. But she she finds her strength. You know that she 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 finds that she's really a strong character and a strong woman in a you know in, in the way that she rises up to to meet this. But but the story is also a romance. You know, it's also a love story of how she meets my great great grandfather and how two worlds kind of come together. You know, so it's a beautiful story. It's my my wife's favorite story she loves all my books but that's that's kind of her favorite because she loves romance stories and that sort of thing but yeah i used a lot of the history and everything i could find about both of them and then i just integrated into a fictional a historical fictional story well we see kevin miller in the fight to rename mount rainier is, is he going to be on the front lines in in washington state i'm or watching what? it close alex you know i'm watching it close you know i i i try not to overstep my boundaries because I do have a great great grandmother who is Native American, but I, I but I'm you know I'm humble enough and, and not to claim to be Native American or you know I'm respectful of that culture. Not to say just because I have an ancestor that makes me Native American. That's that's really you know not the direction I want to go. But but to support that, yes, I, I'm very supportive of of Native peoples and and this and the the struggle that they have faced for for centuries. Um, and, and yes, I mean, you know, that's to me, I, I would definitely support that in any way that I could. And so I'm, I'm kind of watching it and keeping a close eye on it to see where that goes. 
And how much legs does it have? Does it have a, a, a good set of legs to, to stand on? It seems to be. I mean, it, it, the press is, you know, got, there's, you know, if you, if you Google Tacoma, you know, you'll find a lot of articles on, on that. You'll find my book too, but you'll find some articles on, on that where it does look like they're, you know, the, the push is pretty strong and they, they may get that and may not. I mean, it's, it's hard to say the powers that be, you know, that, that win out in, in situations like that, but there have been, a lot of uh, monuments and, and, you know, sacred places in America, in Arizona, even where I'm from, that have been, the names have been changed and re- changed to Native American names or returned to the Native American names. So I think it's got a good chance to do that. Now, has this research of the Native American roots, if you will, has it changed your thoughts on these teams? Because you're a big sports fan, and you and I oh, yeah. think alike on the changing of these names. Is it disrespectful, actually, that they change the names, or is there a respect level? I mean, we've now seen the Guardians and Commanders, and maybe more on the rise. We don't know yet. But is it, it seems like the Native American community was okay with all these names before the yeah. activists stepped in, right? I, I do, man. I, I, you know, you know, I, we've talked about this kind of thing before, Alex, and, and my feelings are just that. I mean, I, I think a small percentage of people make the loudest amount of noise and, and a lot of folks are, are afraid, you know, to say, Hey, you know, hold, hold on a second, because it's been my experience too. And personal experience that most native Americans, people, you know, friends that I have and, and people I've listened to, have no problem with, you know, they had no problem with, say, the Washington Redskins, you know, um, because the logo was designed by a Native American, you know, and it's just, I guess, how you know, it's kind of a, a touchy area. I mean, it's like I'm Irish, you know, I, I'm not offended by the Notre Dame fighting Irish, you know, that to me, that's kind of cool, you know. So, you know, trying to be sensitive to the, to the thought and stuff, but but like you said, I think most Native communities don't have a problem with you know, the Cleveland Indians or the Washington Redskins or, you know, uh, you know, some of the, because to me, I mean, to me, I, just from a personal standpoint, to me, it's kind of honoring, you know, a tribe or it's kind of honoring a people and stuff. I, you know, I hope it's not, you know, I would hope it wouldn't be seen as, as derogatory. And, and if it, you know, if it's something that is derogatory or offensive, you know, to most Native Americans, then I would say, yeah, definitely, you know, definitely change the name or, or, or you know, if, if that's the consensus. But I don't see that as a consensus. I agree with you. It seems like the majority are okay with it and good with it. We a, just jump. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have another question because on a more real sense, sure. you know, there have been communities, and I guess reservations, I could say, that, that have had missing people. You know, girls have gone yeah. missing from yeah. these different uh, Native American yeah. tribes. and. In your research, did you run into that? Did you did you research that even further a, as you were writing these books? Yeah, it's a big problem, and it's a big problem that is not addressed enough in, in the press. I mean, a lot of people don't know about this. There are so many indigenous uh, people, you know, mostly women that are that disappear on reservations that just, you know, they're murdered. They're they're you know, they're. And it's yeah, looking into that. I mean, it's it's and it's not always Native Americans that are that are murder them. It's it's non you know indigenous people that are they're carrying out these crimes or, or and these people are disappearing, and it it's just a, a horrifying and disturbing number, you know. And it's like, why isn't this being looked into more you know thoroughly and deeply and to see you know why is this happening? You know what what laws need to be changed? What 
you know, how can, the, you know, we help the reservations, you know, help protect, you know, their people, the, you know, these people, they live in America, they're Americans too. It's like, where's the help? You know, where's the, um, the press on this? You know, where's the outrage? Well, I want to delve back into something you said earlier, which is about life experience. It'll give us a couple of life experiences mm-hmm. that along this portfolio of, of books you've authored, went into it's like a combination right of life experiences so give mm-hmm. us a couple that really stand out just to get to know more about kevin d miller behind the scenes if you will behind the ink oh absolutely you know i mean we all have our stories and we you know and and i'm always telling my children it's like you know we all hold the pen in our hand you know if you don't like your story and the way it's gone you've got the pen and the power in your hand to write a new chapter or write a new book you know that's kind of my philosophy is that we have more power than, than we realize that we do. Um, my children, you know, my children have been a profound effect on my life and the way I see life and I see things through their eyes. I learn from them. I learn so much from them. Um, White Skies, Black Mingo, I, I, I got so many compliments from women, actually, that said if they didn't know the book was written by a man through a woman's perspective, they would they would have thought it was a woman because they said I, I nailed it so well from a woman's perspective and so respectful that they wouldn't have believed a man wrote it. And, and they're like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, because I'm surrounded by so many women, so many I have so many daughters and a sister. And I said, and I listen to them, you know, and I really listen to what they say, what they feel, what they think. And I think I have a, a really good understanding of women in general, you know, so they, they teach me that, you know, just by listening to them and asking them questions, you know, and, and my well, wife, your award really actually she, was won by a women's group, wasn't it? They, there was an award given to you by a women's group. Yeah. Uh, well, the, 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 the biggest award for um, white skies, black mingo won nine major book awards. And the one I'm most proud of is next generation indie book awards which is an international book awards and it won in regional fiction for it it was the winner actually actually won some award money too it was kind of cool but um it, yeah and then and then um it, you know it also won a mom's choice award um, the mom's choice award is looking for uh you know stuff that's that's wholesome that's good that's and and they they gave it the gold award based on its representation of not only native americans and and how respectful and truthful and honest it was to 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 um portray native native americans but also from a woman's standpoint of view you know that it was very real very respectful very honest and 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 yeah so it won the gold, you know, for that, those portrayals, which, which I was very proud of, very humbled by, but very proud of that fact. How do you write, you know, this is very, uh, I would say intense content that you're writing, right? So how do you make it family friendly so that you do get the mom's (laughs) choice awards or those kind of family oriented awards? You you just have to watch the, the language a little bit. I mean, I mean, we use, derogatory language all of us in our daily lives so we got to keep it you know normal you know without going over the top with it a little bit um and, and then just just being real you know with the dialogue you know that when people are real in that are reading that they're like you know this sounds like a real conversation you know it's it's and and keeping it um 
keeping just keeping it honest and real i think you know because i think some you know some books might get a little bit to where okay this seems kind of not believable you know or it's kind of using a little bit too much derogatory language or it's painting a picture that's not so you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying that my books are wholesome, you know, they're, but they're real, they're real life. You know, I don't, I really, I don't, you know, sugarcoat anything, you know, but I, tr- I try not to be vulgar either or, you know, to too much an extent, you know, some, some, some parts I'm, I mean, I may be trying to be funny or using humor, you know, and some humor, you know, has a little bit of vulgarity in it, but, but uh, so it's a good mix of that and just, and just trying not to overdo you know, any one thing to where there's a good balance in there for anybody, you know, that wants to read it. All right. I'm sensing that you can actually maybe make this an educational thing for kids as well, because, you know, they may not get the, I don't know how to to say it, but they may not get the accurate history of what the Native Americans went through. So can this become Mm -hmm. an educational resource? Are you in talks with schools about this uh, as curriculum, if you will? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really feel so because, because like we mentioned, we talked earlier, it's like I do a lot of research. I, I, I really try to make my research as accurate as I possibly can. And I talk to people, I interview people, you know, not, not just necessarily researching in um, libraries and, and different things, but I actually like to talk to Native Americans if, I, if I'm writing about Native Americans and that culture. You know, I, I want to learn the culture and, and why they do things and, and where the traditions came from. You know, I spent a lot of time learning the uh, the Haudenosaunee, the Iroquois um, traditions, to, and implementing those story, you know, those those stories and traditions into my story, you know, to to give it even more, you know, a realistic feel. But it's definitely educational. I mean, I, I have a lot of comments, even with Tacoma. I've had people say that not only was did the book just take them on a wild ride and just a, a wonderful story with unpredictable twists and turns, but they felt they learned something too, a little educational. They can, they could tell the research that was done. And that made me feel good that, that, that's, you know, that some of the readers recognized how much research was put into, to make the book accurate as well as a good story. All right. Million dollar question, because I know that it's in the works for Pawalski, you know, for Stanley Pawalski, but could your other books hit the big screen as well? I know that's a big goal of yours to get this written work. Oh man, I would, I would absolutely love that. I would, I would, and and I get, you know, and from my perspective, I want to think so. But I base it on what my readers say, and I get so many readers that say, "Oh my gosh, this would make a great movie." Every single book, from White Skies, Black Mingo, The Eyes of Morpheus, to Tacoma, and and of course, Heart of Steel. It's like. They're like because I write from I write from a, what's called a close point of view where you you are actually the character in the book. I mean, you're seeing the world through the character's eyes. You know, you are the character as you're reading my story. So it's kind of cinematic, you know, so you can you can picture it on the big screen. But I get a lot of comments that I know I, I really feel I, I would love to show um, all these books to, you know, potential uh, uh uh, producers and, and studios, you know, to, to consider optioning, you know, for movies. Absolutely. Any book tours that we should know about? I mean, I, may, I, I wish you'd come to New York. I'd love to meet you in person finally. You know, that'd be Yeah, great. no, I, I know. I absolutely would love to do that. Um, there's not anything in the immediate uh, future. I, I do hope to go back to West Virginia for the West Virginia Book Festival um, coming up later this year. 
And then towards the, towards the end of the year, November, there's the um, uh, the Southern Christmas Show in Charlotte, North Carolina, that uh, gets a lot of people through their headline books, sets up shop in there. Um, I'm going to try to make that one as well. But um, but then I just yeah I, I want to kind of get some set up out out here on the west as well so I don't have to travel quite so far you know but uh, right you're but, in uh, Arizona yeah, so, by the way how were you in town at all for the Super Bowl did you would you know take part in any activities out there or what? Um, yeah we're ba- we're back and forth because we have a place in Burbank and we have a place in um, just outside of Phoenix and stuff but yeah I, I wasn't in town during the Super Bowl but I have been in the past and it's crazy it gets wild but. They do a good job in, in, in Phoenix. I mean, Cardinal Stadium, um, you know, is a beautiful stadium, and, it, and it's set there. The, you know, the, the freeways and stuff are set, you know, for pretty good access and stuff. People, people don't have a hard time getting in and out. And it's just a fun, a fun atmosphere. And it's always exciting when the Super Bowl comes to, you know, to your, to your city, your state. So that was pretty cool. But, no, I, I was actually here in Burbank, and I watched the game on TV, and it was, that was one of the best Super Bowls I've watched in a long time, man. That was that was so uh, entertaining. And the hold was legit, people. The holding was legit, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, you're always going to have bad calls. We know this, you know. I mean, the, the referees are human, and, you know, and they're going to make mistakes. And, and, and it's sad when a mistake, you know, can really turn – the tide on a football game, you know, or any ball game, but you know, that's part of the sport, you know, too. That's part of it. And that's part of the hurt. That's part of the agony of defeat. <laughs> when you had a bad call that, you know, could have, could have made the, a difference in a game, but, but overall, both, both teams just played, played lights out. You know, they just played lights out, you know, the, the quarterbacks, Mahomes. I mean, I was just so entertained, you know, by that, by the Super Bowl. And I, I think, you know, a warrior. A good, you know, you talk about a warrior. He's a warrior. He oh, a warrior. my gosh, he's a warrior. Yeah. I remember watching him at Texas Tech when ASU played him one year. Arizona, I'm an Arizona State Sun Devil fan. Obviously, I grew up in Tempe. But we had a shootout with Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech. And I think ASU won that game like 62 to, to 55 or something like that, some wild thing. But he's 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 been that way in college and through the pros, he's going to go down as one of the greats. He's got that it factor, you know, like the Joe Montana's and, uh, you know, of past. A hundred percent. Well, you know, any way that people can reach you, I know you have the website and, and I know you're on LinkedIn. You're very active on LinkedIn. Is that the best place for people to shoot you an email? Shoot yeah, you a the note best, at? yeah. Well, the best place to reach me is, um, is just, if you go to my website, um, I got all my contact information on there. I've got links to all my social media. So just author and it has links to all my social media. It has my email link. I might even have my cell phone number up there. Just, you know, don't call me at two in the morning. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I, I love hearing feedback from my readers. I love, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll get an, an email saying they read my book and, and asking questions, you know, or, or, or just dropping in to make a comment. Reviews, you know, that, that's, what, that's what authors always beg for because there's no better way to, to um, show your appreciation to an author than doing a, a book review on Amazon or Goodreads or anywhere, you know. Oh, those Goodreads so go a long way, for, you know. I, I know that. Yeah, sure. yeah. It, it gives validity to the book and it, and it tells people, you know, you know, what you thought of the book and it kind of gives them an idea whether they want to read it or if the book's for them or not, you know, but it's re- deeply appreciated when, when readers will write it, take the time to write a review, you know, so. And um, I, say, yeah, I think this could be totally... such an educational resource. So if you're a teacher out there, mm-hmm. 
Can they give you a ring as well if they're teaching a class? And they're like, yeah, yeah I, I'd like to get you on. Absolutely. Yeah, not not only that. I mean, I definitely would do speaking engagements, uh, and I would love to. You know, I, I sent a message to my old high school, Tempe High School, and I, and I told them, you know, I would love to come to uh, English class or, or just, you know, come and talk about, you know, any of your students that have thought about becoming a book author or writing, you know, and just kind of, you know, be an, an inspiration to them that you can do this at any time in your life. I mean, you can you can change your um, career at any time. You know, I've been so many things in my life, you know, and in this later latter part of my life, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a book author now. And I, I just, I wish I, I wish I discovered the love of this sooner. I've always been a storyteller, you know, as a kid and stuff, I always was able to come up with these stories and they've, they've always been there, you know, just waiting to get written down. But now I'm really, I'm putting all these stories down you know, on paper and books and stuff, but I would love to speak with, if there's any teachers, educators, you know, I, I would love to come, you know, talk to your class or to your school, you know, about uh, any of these books, the topics, um, writing in general, being an author, absolutely available for that. Well, let's uh, let, let me post that up there as, as such and uh, hopefully get to some mm -hmm. traction. But Kevin D. Miller, always a pleasure, sir. And uh, let's not be strangers. Let's talk more. And, and, and as things get going this year. Absolutely. I'm always down for that, Alex. Always down for it. And uh, I always love our conversations and appreciate talking to you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. And again, that's Heart of Steel Bow 1, B-O-1 on uh, Twitter for the OG, as they say, uh, in homage of Heart of Steel, which is where Kevin's writing journey started right then and there in Jamestown, Ohio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.